Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray, Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Do Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Start Oh my goodness! Tie game in overtime. Gasol will turn his heat. It's gets into it on the floor with Randolph. Hard to tell if there are any punches being thrown under there, but Griffin took exception to something. The officials break it up quickly. See, he just locked his arm and then kind of pulled him over. Zach falls down, and then you know what? A little elbow there. Oh, he's digging the elbow. Yeah, you know. Welcome to Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name is Keith Parrish. The Grizzlies defeat the Oklahoma City Thunder to avoid. Another embarrassing loss to the Thunder. They avenge their previous loss, I guess. But now the Grizzlies have won three straight games. They are winners of four of five. I mean, they've covered the last three games. I think they're taking advantage of their schedule. Maybe I'm just a sourpuss or cynical or something. It was another game that I thought was very frustrating they were down at half again. So this is interesting. They, they've they won three games in a row. 
you know, the second game against the Warriors, who were missing Steph Curry and Kevon Looney and Eric Paschal, and then the game against the Celtics, who were without Jason Tatum and Kimball Walker, and then this game where the Thunder shut down Shea Gilgis-Alexander because they desperately want to lose all their games, and they keep winning games, and they're weirdly competitive when Shea Gilgis plays... Uh, and so apparently they're reporting he has some plantar fasciitis that's going to keep him on the shelf for a long time. Wink, wink. I mean, maybe he's actually hurt, but we were all expecting this. On my other show, Fast Break Breakfast, I was joking two days ago that they're going to shut that guy down. If you have him in fantasy, you need to get rid of him. But anyway, the Grizzlies now have won three games against three shorthanded squads. They came from behind in each of those three games, which is, I guess, glass half full. That's a great thing because last year, the Grizzlies were the worst team in the NBA at winning games when they were losing at halftime. They were 4-33 and when trailing at the half last season. And now they've won three straight games this season when they were trailing at the half. Sure, there are those caveats that the teams they played were bad this time. They should not have been down at the half probably to any of these shorthanded teams, but they do. They take care of business. So that assuages some of the extreme concern I might otherwise have. And some of the other frustrations that I've been growing in like the, where in the world is D'Anthony Melton camp. And this starting lineup is not a long-term answer. And when Jaron Jackson Jr. comes back, if he ever comes back, I don't feel like this is going to be the starting lineup you're going to use. Like, I don't think you're going to keep. I assume they're going to size up, you know, move Kyle to the three because you're not going to start Ja, Grayson, Dylan, Jaron, and Jonas, I don't think. But anyway, winning removes a lot of those concerns and removes, I guess, the uh, the level of outrage o- over some of them uh, because, you know, like tonight in the game, you got great games from Grayson Allen. You got an excellent game from Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks with two fantastic games in a row. In the Boston game, Dylan in the Boston game, who, you know, had 25 points, seven assists, seven rebounds, but he also had a bunch of clutch shots. He had a bunch of buckets where I'm talking about the literal NBA.com stats definition of clutch buckets in the last five minutes of the game. If the score is within five points. So Dylan had three of those three buckets in clutch time against the Celtics. And what's interesting is last season in the clutch, this is something we talked about on grits and grinds last season in clutch moments, Dylan Brooks was four for 24 no, four for 22 on any on field goal attempts in this. If there's five minutes left in the game and the score is within five, he was four for 22, 18.9% accuracy. So he shot 18.9% on clutch field goal attempts last year. That was the worst number in the NBA. I can't remember what the cutoff was. Like if you, Of anyone who took 10 shots, that was the worst field goal percentage in the NBA. Before the Nuggets game on March 11th, he was 6 for 24 in the clutch this season, 25%. 
So he had been 10 for 46 in the clutch up until two weeks ago. He made 21.7% of his clutch field goal attempts up until uh, just a few games ago. So basically the worst clutch shooter in the entire NBA. Then against the Nuggets, he went three for three in clutch situations. And then in this game against the Celtics, he went three for seven. I mean, high volume, but still he was coming through. And we know, as we spoke of last episode, that the Grizzlies half-court offense is terrible. And it breaks down. And they can't score. So Dylan was doing the things that had to be done. Creating shots on his own and getting pretty decent looks. Being able to get to the elbow and knock down some shots. So in the last two weeks, Dylan Brooks is 6 for 11 in clutch situations. Great stuff. It's a market improvement from that 10 and 46 over the last two seasons. So here's a, another, this is actually a meaningless, I think, uh, clutch statistic. This season in clutch situations, DeAnthony Melton, our guy, he has played nine minutes. He is four for four on field goals, three for three on three pointers. And plus 23 in those nine minutes, one steal, one block. If things had gone a little differently in the Thunder game, we might have, could have spent more effort identifying or once again highlighting the outrageousness of how little D'Anthony Melton plays. D'Anthony Melton, since the All-Star break, is ninth in minutes per game on the Grizzlies. He's averaging 18.7 minutes per game in the nine games since the All-Star break. Despite being ninth on the team in minutes, he is first in steals. He is first in total plus minus. Despite being ninth in minutes, just raw, I'm not talking about like net rating, just the highest raw plus minus despite being ninth in minutes. And he's also second on the team in made three-pointers. He's tied with Dylan Brooks. Desmond Bain has made the most three-pointers on the team. If you filter to the second halves of games, this is wild to me. He's eighth on the team in minutes per game for the second half, but first in made three-pointers, first in three-point percentage, third in offensive rebounds, third in total rebounds, first in steals, And he's second in plus minus for, for second halves of games. And that's with being eighth in minutes per game in the second halves. The production he is giving us is prodigious. I've said it before. I'll, I'll repeat it if you never heard it before. He, he is currently the only player ever in NBA history to have per 36 averages of five rebounds, five assists, two steals, two made three-pointers, and a block. No one's ever done that before. As far as the novelty of his stats right now, he knocks down his three-pointers in the second halves. You know, I was pointing out 
So we've had some funny guys on the Grizzlies. I was pointing out how Grayson Allen has terrible second half stats. He has good first half stats. Grayson Allen's first half stats have now basically become first quarter stats. Grayson Allen in the first quarters of this season, he has the he is now 27 for 48 on three pointers in the first quarter. That is 56% accuracy. He is second in the entire NBA in first quarter three-point percentage behind Norm Powell, who might get traded in the next 12 hours. Norm Powell hit 61% of his threes in the first quarter. Why? I have no idea. But Grayson Allen's second in the NBA in first quarter three-point percentage. So Grayson does that for the whole season in first quarters. Since the All-Star break, you know who has the best three-point percentage in the NBA in second halves of games? That's right, DeAnthony Melton. It's a ridiculous stat. It doesn't, he's not going to keep doing this. He's, hit, he's 14 for 20 in three-pointers in the second halves. So that's 70%. He right now is 9 for 11 on fourth quarter three-pointers. What does that mean? I don't know. It's amusing. There's a flip side to that. I will be fair and balanced to tell you the whole story is that DeAnthony Melton, since the All-Star break, is one for 15 in the first halves. So since the All-Star break, for some reason, DeAnthony Melton misses basically all his uh, three-pointers in the first halves. He's shooting 6.7% on threes in the first half, 70% in the second half. It all balances out, baby. A beautiful 45% three-point percentage. Uh, Another guy who's kind of struggling on the three-pointer is our guy Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow now, since the All-Star break, he is 0 for 12 on first-half three-pointers. So him and Melton combine. Melton and Winslow, who play on the second unit, since the All-Star break, those guys in the first halves of games are 1 for 27 on three-pointers. At least Melton goes off in the second halves. Winslow, since the All-Star break, is two for 22. Just for the season right now, Winslow is six for 37 now on three-pointers. No, wait, five for 37. My apologies there. Five for 37, 13.5% on threes. Anyway, all those stats, I just, I, those are things I found interesting, and that means, unfortunately, that I passed them on to you. The takeaway for me on all of it is D'Anthony Milton's been playing great. Even if he's been missing his three-pointers in the first halves of games, he's been hitting them all in the second halves of games, and he's been delivering in a way where there's now this mob of people, of which I'm a part of, who are just so confused why he doesn't play more. We know the lineup data says that when he's on the court, the Grizzlies are at their best. They say that the best pairing with John Morant in the backcourt is probably DeAnthony Melton, this as far as a net rating-wise. The best wing pairing seems to be Dylan Brooks and DeAnthony Melton together. And so one thing that I was really bothered by in those dispiriting games against the Warriors where they got destroyed by a shorthanded Warriors team and then, you know, beat them on the second night is the lineup combination that I got so excited about that I thought was just, if you play John Morant with Dylan and DeAnthony Melton as your two and three, they've been plus 17.5 per hundred possessions on the season. 
that lineup didn't play at all. Those three guys did not play a single minute together in those Warriors games. And then in the Celtics game, which was incredibly frustrating, where the defense was terrible for the Grizzlies. And they were playing a team without Jason Tatum or Kimba Walker. They were getting destroyed by Jeff Teague. And in that game, D'Anthony Melton played one minute alongside John Morant and Dylan Brooks. That game was startling because D'Anthony Melton came in in the second half and the Grizzlies went nuts. They got up to a nine-point lead, you know, in the fourth quarter. And then he comes out with six minutes to go. Grayson Allen comes back in and the starters come back in and the lead disappears and it goes into overtime. And D'Anthony Melton played so well in that Celtics game that I think everyone watching assumed he would eventually come back in at the end of the game. That when he checked out with seven minutes left or six minutes left, that that wasn't it for him. They thought he would probably come back in because he'd been so awesome. And so for the Grizzlies to lose that lead, go into overtime against a shorthanded Celtics squad. They went into overtime because the Celtics were taking it right at Grayson Allen and Jonas Valanciunas. Like they, they ran a pick and roll against those two defenders because they knew there's, you know, these guys can't do anything. They can't stop it. And so then to roll out in overtime and it worked out for the Grizzlies. And that's the funny part where we sound like raving lunatics. Those of us who are criticizing the Grizzlies right now, they're 21 and 20 without Jaron Jackson jr. They're ninth in the West. They've passed the warriors in the standings. They're a game behind the Spurs for eighth. If you told me they would be 21 and 20 and Jaron Jackson Jr. would not play a game, I would be thrilled if you told me that before the season started. But as it is, it feels like we could have more if they unleashed our guy, D'Anthony. This goes back to me being down on the Grizzlies right now, despite winning four out of five. Because, like, you know, you beat the Heat. And you feel good about it, but then the Heat keeps struggling because the Heat can't make any shots. And it feels like we got a little bit lucky in that game. And then to have your wins be over, the Warriors, the Celtics, and the Thunder all missing their best players. And to be down at halftime in all those games, and to have two of them come down to the wire. I don't know how you feel very confident about the way things, things are going. You can be optimistic and upbeat about it, the Grayson Allen offensively looks really good recently. That Dylan Brooks is playing fantastically. And I'm not opposed. Like, I'm not opposed to Dylan Brooks. To be clear, I want Dylan and D'Anthony Melton playing together. I think that's great. But going back to the Thunder win on Wednesday night, I mean, they were down by 12 in the third. They'd committed four turnovers coming out of the break. Like, they committed four turnovers in the first two minutes of the third quarter. But then they, they went on this big run, you know, uh, it was like a 31 to nine run. But a lot of it was just getting wide open looks. And it felt like the half G League team they were playing just kind of gave up a little bit. I mean, yes, Dylan went off, Jaw went off. Fourth quarter, Melton came in, knocked down his three pointers. Grayson had the great game. He ended with 20 points. It's his fourth 20 point game of the season. It's his second in two games uh, against the Thunder. Up next is the trade deadline, and then two games against the Utah Jazz. And those could get ugly. I don't think doing what they've been doing is going to work at all. 
If they give up the looks they've been giving up in their last few games, they're going to get torched by the Jazz. I mean, you guess you go into that, you hope you get one game out of the two against the Jazz, and you keep continuing on with this road trip. Let's see if there's any other stats. Um, oh, Gio- Jonas Valanciunas is leading the NBA in rebounds per game since the All-Star break. He's up over 15 rebounds per game since the All-Star break. Yeah, the trade deadline, you know, this is trade deadline eve as I'm recording. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to do anything. I'd be, I'm more on the, I'd be surprised even if, if Gorgie was included in matching salary and a big deal. But um, there are still, as I'm speaking right now, close to midnight on Wednesday, you know, 15 hours to go. So if something happens with the Grizzlies, I uh, will update you here. But anyway, uh, thanks for checking out this shorter midweek episode. Hope you guys are having a good one. Go Grizz. On July 23, 1993, basketball superstar Michael Jordan's father, James Jordan, was murdered in North Carolina. This is the father of the most famous athlete on the planet. And on his 57th birthday, he was an unidentified dead man in the middle of nowhere. From WREL Studios, available now is Follow the Truth, where we dig into the story of the James Jordan murder and the man who says he didn't do it. I know that if this was not Michael Jordan's file, I wouldn't be in prison. We'll question the evidence. Is it possible for a man to be shot in his car and authorities not find any blood? Our ballistics expert says it couldn't have happened. Shed light on the mystery that has always surrounded the murder. Whether his financial dealings could have had anything to do with his death. And uncover bombshell new developments. Here we are a quarter century later and the back cover on this whole murder case isn't yet closed. Follow the truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.